I mean, how cold has it gotten before? So where are you right now, Atlanta? I'm in Atlanta, yeah. It's uh, plenty mild. I was just outside with a t-shirt and a jacket. So before you left Minnesota, what was the coldest weather you guys had had this season? Uh, we had like one, like a day of snow. Uh, right. Uh, was it Halloween? Some days in the 30s, but it's mostly been in the 50s and 60s, to be honest. So Right. I don't think, other than the snow on Halloween, we have not had real cold weather yet until today. And it is about 30 degrees outside, I think. And it's just terrible. I hate it. I'm so upset. Sounds awful. Yeah, man. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I signed up for this, but I'm not excited about it. (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly the way i feel at this point like um I, it's inevitable but i don't have to be excited about it that's you right. know what i mean and i'm never going to take it for granted you know what i mean but, no um no you can't make me adjust and yeah i don't think i'm gonna ever adjust but uh right. you know here i'm we never are. gonna think it's normal ever <laughs> it's always gonna be alarming uh and that's just the way it is um. <laughs> yep. So, so, but you had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, solid Thanksgiving. Family, friends, food, all the good stuff. No one talked politics at the dinner table or anything. It was it was all good. No, nothing like that. We've we have our share of drama, but it was uh, largely kept away from the dinner table. Outstanding, outstanding. I had a lovely Thanksgiving as well, and. Uh, uh, as part of that, I did manage to get this episode of the challenge. Should we start there? Yes. <laughs> um, I feel like maybe we got to start. We got to start with the end here a little bit because uh, you know we've been fed. And I understand it's chaos and anything can happen, but we've been fed all season that there are six champions. <laughs> is it only six yeah it's three men three women right i'm not sure but clearly it's not only six because we had a woman who was not for the pool of three that we knew was there right so no um, we she was on all the lists that's why i don't think it was six i don't i'm not sure did someone say six i thought it was six yeah maybe i'm wrong maybe i just have this whole thing wrong um so you you weren't at all surprised to see Kaz come out of that tunnel. I was not because when I Googled cast list a number of times, as I tend to do leading up to a season, she's on it. But she hasn't been in any of the promotional materials before, unlike all the other people. We haven't seen her on the show, have we? They um, haven't flashed her face anywhere, have they? 
No, but I'm not sure they've flashed Casey or Darrell either, and I, and they're going to be there. I feel like they hinted at it anyway. Um, um, Devin, Brad. Like, I feel like we haven't seen the faces necessarily of all the people that are going to be there. We've seen the more famous faces. Um, so, in fact, it's funny you say that because – not only was I not surprised to see Kaz, but as we were leading up to it, I, I watched the challenge with my wife and we were going back and forth like, who do you think is going to come out? And my wife was like, you know, well, whoever it is, it's going to be a badass and, you know, Big T or Melissa is going to be in serious trouble. And I was like, well, I, you know, Kaz is on the list. <laughs> and while she is undefeated, um, she's not exactly Laurel. So no, and when you like, you know, when they stood her next to BT, uh, Big T, like they had the same size. Correct. You know Kaz I mean? is like, not big. Um, and and so I think that as, I think per, potentially even a slight Big T size advantage served her well. But I think actually, you know, to be fair to Big T, what served her well most of all was the thing that we did. We know she has as an asset, which is like she just keeps going, and she's pretty smart. So she had the better strategy for the elimination and probably a little more uh, oomph. Yeah, and I do think this was a game um, that suited her. In fact, I, I noted it from the start, right, that it was a, felt like a little bit of a leveler. You got a puzzle at the end. Yep. Um, there is physical activity, but it's not necessarily like who is the strongest. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um so I thought it was a winnable game for her, and it turned out to be. You know what I mean? But it was just weird because I think Kaz's record is impressive. Like you just can't – two seasons, two wins. Like, that doesn't happen very often. Um, but it's not the same type of fear that you would have if Tori had come walking out of there. You know what I'm saying? Of course not. Yeah. Or right. even Cara Maria. But certainly Laurel. Certainly. Um, certainly Cara Maria. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, I, it, it, I, I'm i with you. At the same time, uh, Big T continues to improve as a physical competitor. And, you know, she's earned her place in this game in every possible sure. way. So, uh, shout out to her. Um, I do think she is still in a position, and she has recognized and said this, so I'm not breaking any news here, that um, it's quite possible for her to get pulled down there again. You know what I mean? Just the way the numbers right. of the game are working out. So I'm not uh, sure so how... So she may have to keep proving it. Right. <laughs> she may. And, and I, I'm not saying she's a favorite. And quite frankly, I don't know how she'll ever get out of that position. Right? I mean, we... I. Do you have a yeah, lot of hard, hope for a future for Big T? It's hard to a point where there is more, where there are more international girls than American girls, right? Just the way the game's going. Not you know only I mean? that, but but more broadly, in any game she's in, she's she's going to, in all likelihood, be looked at as one of the weaker physical competitors until she's not that. And it's right. not that she doesn't give everything she has it's that most of the people in this game are bigger and stronger than her or or Uh, faster or you know right like 
she is she is just getting smaller to be honest like there's a few you know like mariah looks like a wwe wrestler this season for some reason yeah man Um, i kind of dresses like one she's diesel she does you're right (laughs) um but for the most part like you know zara's like zara's pretty ripped but there's not a lot of like physically intimidating women left right yeah um Maybe not. So, uh, so yeah. So I think actually Big T might be able to hold her own here at, at some point in the future. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I mean, um, also you have to keep in mind this is this is likely to be in many ways the softest field in that respect because all the people like Tori and even Kaz are, um, you know, champions. Yeah, they're taken out of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, look, again, I'm not saying she's a favorite, but she's absolutely earned her spot here. And, and to your point, you know, I don't know that there are a lot of people that I would easily and handily favor over Big T in an elimination in this game right now. No, there's no gimmies. And, you know, it's, it's going to be such a weird thing, right? Because now anyone you send down there – Right, like you don't even know that they're gonna. Never mind, gonna come back. You don't even know that they're gonna even face elimination, right? So, um, you know, when you're taking your shots, there's a little bit different bent to it. Which I guess brings you to the next thing. Um, but obviously, they started talking about the game, and I started thinking about it as well. The last uh, couple days coming in was, what is going on with that third poll? <laughs> yeah, man. Any idea? <laughs> I would really love to know. I would really, really love to know. And I feel like since the show is now like, you know, giant red arrow hinting at it, that it's something fairly significant, right? You would think. But who but who knows? So. I'm like I don't <laughs> part of me doesn't want to build it up too much and be disappointed. But like I was trying to think about what it could be. Like a three way elimination of some kind? Could it be, you know, the the person, the the uh, champion gets to pick a contestant from from the riser. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of am leaning towards something that would involve someone else on the riser, like either um, the champ gets to pick or one of the contestants whose name is on the poll. Like it's like you know what I mean. It's like it has one of the the the. Can, you know the eliminated contestants name on it but like a reverse error or something where it's like actually you get to pick someone to come down here and take your place you know one of those deals something Ooh, like that yeah. but something where somebody on the riser is going to be um involved right you someone know, who did not expect to play yeah 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 i i that would be fun i i i mean i hope you're right it is chaos, right? Like, I do feel like they it's, have, it is they're chaos. setting up a permission structure to do something pretty wacky. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if chaos can't surprise people, what can? And again, like, they know what it is. And I feel like they wouldn't be making a big deal out of it if it wasn't that interesting. You know what I mean? Right. They being the producers and TJ. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That all tracks for me. TJ with his devilish pile. So I have pretty high hopes for this third thing. And 
I think it can't be more than an episode or two before we see it come out, right? So, yeah, I'm. I, yes, I'm. I'm. I'm hoping just, just one, would be my hope. My, my great, <laughs> great hope. So, and then the other thing I think is interesting about this episode um, is that we have exactly the same number of people as we started with, which um, I think. Yeah. Long term is not going to work for the show, right? It'd be, or unless they're going to just be doing a ton of extra episodes. Um, so does that mean a double elimination somewhere down the line, or what? You know, you know what I mean. It's going to be interesting to see the repercussions of that because we haven't really had a lot of episodes where they haven't changed the number of players. Yeah. Well, one thing that occurred to me is if we have a few eliminations where the contestants beat the champions do we end up getting like a purge or something right because I, I mean you're right final. yeah exactly you're right that like generally speaking you don't see a lot of people not eliminated you know episodes where people aren't eliminated especially ones where they actually have an elimination um, and I, I would say the most of the ones that you do, right, exactly, or they just don't have an elimination, you know? What right. I mean? So I, I agree with that. However, they have had, like, the redemption houses. So, like, you don't I, – I would not say that traditionally the challenge is particularly strict about, you know, eliminating – an exact average of one person per week per season. My concern is less about the average is, is more that we need to get the numbers down here. There's still three people in this game. So. Well, sure. <laughs> We're not going in the right direction right now, you know? Yeah, sure. But I mean, I am enjoying it and this just means more challenge. So I'm not, I don't know that I have the same trepidation as you yet. Yeah, I don't, it's not yet. I think trepidation is a little strong. I just think it's interesting. You know what I mean? And I'm curious to where it leads, and I doubt it's more episodes of the challenge. But I admit, I could be wrong. Yeah. Okay. Because if, if that was the case, potentially they need six or eight more, right? You know what I mean? Like, this could go on. You know, they, the, 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 the potential champs could win four weeks in a row. You know what I mean? So, right. So I think they have some other method in place, but we'll see. Well, yeah. Well, but first, I mean, they have to win, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I hear you, um, but let's see how many times we get actual victory from the champ or from the contenders before we start fretting too much. Um. Yeah, that's fair. All right. What did you think of the uh, Melissa Narisa tete-a-tete? Um, well, I mean, I thought the tete-a-tete was... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like uh, Baffling? More <laughs> ah, less tet. Uh, <laughs> but, but I thought the conflict overall made for an enjoyable television experience. Yeah. Yeah. Two, like, low-key volcanoes. You know what I mean? Like... Yes. Um... So I was kind of kind of hoping that it would really really boil over. And it never quite did, but it's also 
seems to be very personal. They definitely seem to be marked enemies in this game now. You know what I mean? Well, didn't it didn't it boil up just about as much as possible without getting somebody in serious trouble? I would say no, because I think there is a. Uh, I mean, you've seen the house, the hold me back kind of standoffs, right? Where like people kind of get forehead to forehead and start yelling at each other, but nobody does anything. Um, well, there was that some level. forehead to forehead yelling in the buildup. I like you're right that I don't know that there uh, was a hold me back moment because they sort of both held themselves to a degree. But there was definitely some yelling and some moving towards, I would say. No? Yeah, maybe some moving towards. I felt like it was not as nasty as it was like on the actual Daily Challenge floor. You know what I mean? Like That was the nastiest hmm. we got. The tete-a-tete afterwards didn't, didn't reach those heights. Where oh, 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 you mean the tete-a-tete. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the nastiness okay. was, was right before. The tete-a-tete was just... Some like weird, weird talking that I didn't know what to make of. Uh, well, it was weird too because it seemed like Melissa was going over there to try to get her, like, to try to cool the situation down. Well, right. But that I did mean, not I think happen at all. We do know that neither of them is great with the discipline in terms of uh, what they set out to do in these conversations. <laughs> well, the reason I that she said anger management classes, like, I feel like, yes. you know, I'm not judging, but I think you have to have pretty serious anger problems. Like, something usually has to happen for you to decide that you need anger management. You know what I mean? Uh, so, well, right. Or, like, it, you know, that or you just, uh, you're the sort of person who can just is continuously getting into fights and eventually you're like, I better... Uh, I better do something if I don't want to continually be fighting people. Yeah, but I mean that's a lot of fights usually before you hit that number. Is what I'm saying. Yes, you know what I mean. So, um, you know, yeah, it was just interesting information that I felt like was maybe a little bit more revealing than we gave her credit for as it kind of flew by on the screen. You know what I mean? Right. So, perhaps. Um. So yeah, we'll see if that goes anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I kind of hope it does. <laughs> right. I, it's definitely like it's definitely a a battle lines drawn situation. So it's hard to imagine if one of them wins, the other not being the choice. Right. Yeah. I mean, moving forward, yeah. like that is as that's about as hard a line as you can draw in a me versus you scenario in a challenge house. And I think frankly, once one of those rivalries exposes itself, everyone will take the opportunity to throw that person in. Right. Yeah. So if Norris is on a team is in a partnership and wins, Melissa's going in and vice versa. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing that's, that's probably pretty fair. Although, how, what would your reaction be if you had started a deliberations meeting, right? Like you're the first person to talk, you took the reins and you're like, all right, guys, here's what I just, you know, this is the one thing I really don't want to see happen. And then the entire house looks for that exact thing to happen. Like what's your reaction going to be? I don't know that either of them had a, a, a particularly noteworthy bad reaction. No, I, they didn't. It's I just like, 
Yeah, this is the game, though, right? I mean, you have you're fuming, but you have to know, like, this is what happens, and I don't know. I guess Melissa really thought she had allies, and that probably hurt. It probably really hurt. I I I feel for her. It that must have sucked. That was a that was a tough moment. She had spent the whole twenty four hours leading up to it talking to all her people, thinking she had at least made a competitive vote out of it, and every single person voted for her. Yeah, it, it was, was so non-competitive that even the people that were playing the vote with you were like, eh, it's not worth the trouble. Right. Even the people who actually were on their side were like, eh, I'll just vote Big T. I'm not trying to make a target out of myself here. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, that's a tough one. But how yeah, many times yeah. have we seen it? I mean, it's... It's a tough one, but it is not a rare one. Yes, much like the uh, daily challenge where there are three teams and two teams decide to team up on the other team. Right. Like, and the third team know. is indignant, righteously furious. How dare they? I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> it's like it's the first thing you should have thought might be happening. You know? Right. And it's like, I'm not saying it's right, but you got to know it's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> you should definitely. You don't have to love it, but you should definitely be anticipating it. You know Speaking what I mean? of which, <laughs> that daily challenge once again—a phenomenal daily challenge, shot in the style of of the finest action film—and um, I thought really well put together. And also, it just as soon as I saw the structure of the game, it occurred to me. They had to go into that mud a lot of times. Yes, yeah. sure did. Sure did. It was a lot of mud. It wasn't like everybody gets to go in once or twice. Like, they had to keep going back to get more. Because bingo takes a while, man. Yeah, and I think that there were some spill-out effects of that that they sort of referenced from time to time, but don't really talk about, like, you're getting mud in your eyes, you're yeah. getting mud in your mouth, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Some said it would make it, like, hard to compete, you know? Absolutely. And um, I think, like, some really good performances in that mud, despite the uh, teamwork. You know, it yeah, was... Yeah, and not to mention just the hard work wrestling, you know, yeah. to try to get that ball over the hope you know what i mean yeah so, um yeah tough day out there <laughs> for everybody involved tough day of work good day of tv <laughs> right. which is why which is why you gotta go out and get your lap dances in at the night afterwards <laughs> yeah shout out Horacio for for giving it up finally <laughs> uh what did you think of uh michelle's apology to Corey? Um, it seemed pretty sincere. Yeah, like points for making it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, see a little more action on the follow through. But okay, yeah. Well, right. So that's uh, yes. The apology is fine. It's good. I, I, in fact, I, I wrote down in my in my notes, nice work. You know, it's good to apologize when you, um drive yourself insane and then put it on someone else, which is what she did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and realized, realized and also like took someone else's moment and triumph and made it about you. Yes. But, but not even like in a in a, like I'm the greatest way in a way that made everybody miserable. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's like doubly bad, but 
the thing about Michelle is like she and I think this may be why people like her is she does seem genuinely to be a nice person who means well and uh, tries to be like straightforward. However, she suffers at least in this game from crippling paranoia. And yeah, what, it's the survivor way, right? Well, maybe, we but Michaela, the last game being paranoid, like yeah, that's you know, a paranoid game. You know yeah, I mean? maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's Survivor stuff. But at the end of the day, you're in like season four or five now of the challenge. You <laughs> you you have absolutely handicapped every single season you've been on for yourself by behaving in extreme ways as a result of your own paranoia, which is a direct quote. You know, because of my own paranoia. I blah blah blah. I'm sorry. Is exactly the, that's what she said to Corey, and yep. and that's great. Good on you for being the sort of person who apologizes, and that's probably why you have so many friends. However, could we at this time in season four or five of your challenge career consider learning from the experience <laughs> and managing Perhaps. the paranoia? I think she's going, you know, like I came into this as a rookie and I've gotten relatively far almost every time I've competed with this paranoia. So it's probably helping me. I'm guessing that's what she's thinking. Well, she, if she's right? thinking like, that, I, I don't know. Myself, like she got through, she got pretty far in the last game without having to do anything. You know what I mean? So Yeah, but that was a different sort of game to a degree. More to the point, I... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Do you think it's helping her? I don't. But I think I think, <laughs> I, think I, I I do think I can see why she would believe it does. Right. You know what I mean. So I fair enough. But, but I don't I would, know, man. I when you're this is not the first time she has had to apologize for behavior brought on directly by her own paranoia. I know, which is what makes me think she's not really going to learn from it. Yeah, right. Well, I, I I still feel compelled to point out that actually learning from the mistake is the next step after apologizing right. if you want to continue 100%. to grow as a person. 100%. So, do you, so, I mean, I guess the question now is, right, like clearly the international see Corey, the UK folks see Corey as a guy who um, – could help them, right? And I think Corey yeah. sees himself as a guy who wants to prove to the Americans that he's with them. Right. Uh, and that's going to go badly for the UK people. And I think we're going to see all that pretty much next week, right? <laughs> so uh, It seems like it. I would just say that, broadly speaking, this reeks of a situation where Corey engages in subterfuge in order to screw over the Brits, thereby quote-unquote re-ingratiating himself with the Americans only to find himself still at the bottom of the American alliance and in the elimination shortly thereafter. Yeah, um, something like that. I agree. I I had a question about Asaf, right? So, you know, Asaf is clearly... If, positioning himself as a sort of uh, American double agent in this game, right? Yes. There are going to be some points where, if this is going to continue, 
that he is going to have to vote against the Americans just not to give it away, right? I would assume. And well, are the Americans prepared for that? You know what I mean? Because if I, he's voting with the Americans every time, it's going to become pretty obvious he's not in the UK alliance. Yeah, but I guess what I would say to you is that if they get one or two more Brits eliminated, it's not going to matter anymore. They won't yeah, need a double agent. <laughs> right. They won't have to hide it anymore. Right. So I think that's that's probably the plan. And I think maybe the the real the real hiding is what they've been doing from the rest of their own team. Because as far as I can tell, the three sort of American power brokers, which would be Jay and Michelle and Norris, are all in on the Asaf thing. Which is to say, the other guys are, yeah. Like I don't think Kyla knows about it, right? And and I think that suggests that at some point Kylan is going into elimination before Asaf, and and that could be a surprise. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that. But you know, it's also very interesting. Like they've made a big point about only one champion. So like, getting back to your issue with the numbers, we we are going to have to figure something out pretty soon. Yeah, because we got a ways to go. <laughs> There's a ways to go. You know, there can't be that many more episodes. Like, like, listen, this is only episode six or something. But right, like, there's a whole other stage too. So exactly, there's a whole other stage. There's going to be a final. This is not going to be twenty episodes. So, uh, what happens next in the chaos stage? And presumably, this is where that third chaos bar might come into play or again maybe there'll just be a purge one week or a couple double eliminations it should be interesting to see yeah i it's, it's hard for me to think of a uh, of a time where six seven episodes in i had any less of an idea of what what's gonna happen do you even uh, remember the, down the road do you remember the name of stage three because it was control chaos and then what oh man conquer <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but I think you just made that up. I did just make that up. It was definitely just a guess. <laughs> I'm like, I know it starts to see, right? Yeah. No, I mean, it was an educated guess. Uh, but I think a guess nonetheless. All right. Well, uh, do you have a guess? Do you know what the answer is? No, I'm trying to look it up as we have this Me conversation. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um. So wait, the answer is conquest. Yes, yes. There we go. You got conquest it. Conquest is the answer. Yep. Or did you say conquer? You were close anyway. I said conquer. You're right. Conquest, conquer. That's pretty close. Yeah, you were on it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't think we have any idea what conquest means, because control we saw chaos is sort of giving us everything else we know about the season, isn't it? So far. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so like, it's not like there's stuff coming like in, in during control, we were like, well, we know these champs are coming somewhere. Um, but at this point we're blind, we're flying blind as, as much as the competitors on the show are. And <laughs> it, it's definitely interesting. I have high hopes. Uh, as do I, as do I, um, 
because we got we got you know we got some decent competitors and we got some good chance we haven't seen so uh, still some potential for fireworks this season I think. Did you have a burn of the week this week? Um, not really. No. Um, I I do, and I find that like. often especially on this show the most devastating burns are delivered very matter-of-factly and are are um are lie free uh and (laughs) there was a moment sort of between the daily and elimination challenges where i don't even remember why it came up was this somebody talking about raven social game it was mariah and it was an itm (laughs) and i don't even know why raven came up but she said, Raven is not the smartest in this game. And then, like, this is a couple more things and finished it off with, she's a terrible social player. Yeah. <laughs> Just very matter of fact. And she wasn't even trying to be mean. She, like, the things in between those two, like, vicious burns were, like, generally positive. Like, yeah, she's, like, like she's tough physically. Yeah. I, I like her. She's a cool lady and she competes hard. But oh my God, she's so socially bad socially. And just like Raven is not the smartest in this game to me was yeah. devastating because she just, she really is the dumbest. And uh, like, she's clearly a smart person, right? Yeah. No, she's going to Columbia next year. <laughs> she's obviously an intelligent human being, but in this game, she is being outthought and outmaneuvered and outsocialed by buffoons. Yeah. And you know what? Like, it's interesting because there was a little clip with her where she was like, you know, I've always just been into health and fitness. I've never really been into the competitive side. Yeah. Of, you yep. know, and I'm like, yeah, it shows. Like, just are not you your intentions are not on winning when you when you're making your decisions right no and it's kind of coming through in the game it comes through in your social game because he just does i just don't think she does have to compete really you know what i mean well right and i think in within the challenges and games when you explain to her she tries hard and she's physically pretty pretty good so she does pretty well, but she has no sense of the spirit of competition, which is what drives all of the sneaky social stuff. Right, and I and think so, her eye just isn't on the prize a lot of times, you know. Yeah, outside of outside of the challenges themselves, it explain it would explain a lot, but but the result is the same, which is she does dumb stuff every single week. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Can't help it. <laughs> yeah. And like Mariah is probably never gonna go to Columbia, but she has a much better handle on the challenge than Raven does. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I uh I'm not sure Mariah's going to the Columbia School of Broadcasting, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> no offense, Mariah. She seems uh delightful. I think she has a gift for this show. Yeah. Very good competitor. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, clearly, by the way, it's spent the offseason working out. Like, no doubt. She, she is diesel. She is shredded right yeah. now. You know what she looks like? Not 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 her face, but, like, physically now is she reminds me of, you remember Maddie? Yes. She's just, like, 
big and fit and just kind of a truck. And that's what that's what Mariah looks like. She she really looks like, a, you know, as as intimidating a physical competitor as there is on the female side of the game for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's interesting that you know we've been doing this long enough to see you know generations of women kind of come and pass through this game to where you can be like, ah, oh, remember, um, you know, and and they'll have had a whole career between now and then. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, kind of wild. All right, now, anything else in this week's challenge? Should we switch to culture? I'm ready. Uh, where do you want to start? Um, well, let's start with a like a middling apology because I just... Like, it was a busy week. It was a bit of a crazy week over here. And I looked at it at least three or four times and I considered watching a second episode of the curse and I just never could get myself to a place mentally and emotionally where I was prepared to sit through it. So (laughs) I've still only watched the one and I just think maybe I filled up my Nathan Fielder tank with the, the, um, what was it called? Not the experiment. Um, whatever it is, the other one, the, that last one, yeah, that the I interview, the, 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 the rehearsal, uh, the rehearsal, yeah. Um, all right, I see. I so I actually uh, did eventually pony up for Showtime. Thank goodness for Black Friday sales, right? Nice. Um, and uh, and watched the show, and that afforded me the opportunity to watch the second episode. And I think I would sort of recommend that you do. Okay. The, the, coming in, my chief question was, is like, is more revealed? Because, okay, let's start here. As someone who watched only the first episode of this show, what it feels like to me is a extremely fielded out fictional, like, mock doc about you know, an HGTV family sort of thing, which obviously yeah. is going to have its, its, you know, lies and, and deceit and hidden, hidden controversies and whatnot. Um, so I think what it is, or I think what I'm getting from the second episode, and this is a guess, and maybe I'll turn out to be completely wrong about this show, at which point I'll look pretty foolish. Um, but I think there's also a safety thing happening here where there's like an uncut gems element of like i think what they're going to take going to do is take the uh, the level of pressure and just continue to turn it up until it feels like it's almost at a boil and that these this couple thing that they build is going to completely and spectacularly fall apart right you know what i mean and Nathan Fielder is almost going to be like the Adam sort of Sandler of that, right? Interesting. That they're okay. going to continue to do these things that humiliate themselves, but it's going to get harder and harder for them to keep it together, and you're going to watch sort of the news tighten around them. And I think that's where this show is going. That's a little bit more interesting to me than the, like, you know, mock doc satire thing. Um, but it's just, you know what it is? It's not fun. Yeah, it's not fun. 
I don't think it's designed to be fun. <laughs> right. And so... I, As Uncut Gems was not, right? Like, Uncut Gems is just a heart attack. Yeah, but that is also, like, a more finite experience than, like, returning to a show week after week to have this experience. And right. I wouldn't say the rehearsal was fun, but I do think the rehearsal was so, for my taste, so, like, oh, my God, what is going to happen next that I couldn't stop. I was just, I was desperate to see where it went because it was so, fa- like, the bizarreness of what was happening was so fascinating to me. Um, I, I was not that sucked into the first episode of The Curse, but I'm a little more open to the idea of just torturing these people um, until some explosive endpoint. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, you're just getting, right, like, you're really just getting to where he's receiving the quote-unquote, the, the titular curse, yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. at the end of that first episode. So you're not getting really seen anything that, like, any of the fallout from his being cursed yet, you know what I mean? Correct. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, It is, though, just, like, so nervy and unpleasant and awkward of a watch that, I, it, I mean, that's why I didn't watch more this week. And that's why I, I am I am hard pressed to promise that I will return to this show. Yeah. Yeah, nervy is a good word. And I would not see I think I'm I'm more down on Nathan Fielder than I think the general populace is. Um but I am also not giving up on this, uh, because I do think there's potentially something interesting here. Um I don't think at any point it's necessarily gonna be gut busting hilarious. It's just gonna be like right. weird, awkward, funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there are some weird, awkward, funny moments uh, in this first episode. Yeah, I am. I'm assuming everyone on here is an actor, um, but you know, even that, I'm not totally sure of. Yeah, I think I think it's mostly actors. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think even some of the, you know, quote unquote locals, I'm guessing are are not actors who they are trained to act in some way you know what i mean right right even if they're not professionals they are acting here they're not it's not uh, yes. actually being shot documentary style correct yeah um probably improvisational you know yeah. what i mean right uh but not uh not uh, unscripted if that makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean uh, there is that element of it too that is at least mildly intriguing of like what exactly, how do you put something like this together is definitely a thought I had while watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I think all his shows have that quality though. I would say. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I'm sorry. It's hard for me to be enthusiastic about it, but I am intrigued and I do suggest you at least watch a little more before you definitely like to hang up and go away. Yeah. I feel like we're having very much the reverse reaction f- that we had to the rehearsal right now. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so I would also say I don't feel like uh, this is redeeming the cost of the uh, Paramount Plus for Showtime subscription. So if you're thinking about that, make sure there are going to be some more shows you want to watch. I do feel like we either recently or in uh, like we we recently watched some stuff or are about to watch some stuff on Showtime though. Am I crazy? I feel like we had a conversation about Showtime and the shows. I mean, Yellow Jackets certainly is uh, 
you know. I didn't finish last season of Yellow Jackets. So what? That thing petered, petered out. Oh, yeah, I, I disagree, but... Uh... Oh, that's... All right, well, you were the first person to say that. Everyone else I've heard talk about it uh, did not like it. Huh. All right. Um, but I don't know. I think I made, maybe I'll finish that season of Billions now. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Cause, just because I can. Yeah, there are some other new series. Maybe that's what we should do one of these slow weeks is just like pick a random Showtime series and <laughs> check it out. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Some people still, I know some people are still watching The Shy. Uh, that to me, it, it, like, isn't that Showtime's The Morning Show? <laughs> I don't think it's, I, well, I don't think it's nearly as expensive, so maybe not. Well, but Showtime isn't nearly as splurgy as Apple TV. Like, I think, <laughs> you know, like, relatively, it probably costs a decent amount. It's got a big cast. Oh, yeah. No, fair enough. It does have a big cast. It does have a big cast. Way more nudity, I think, in The Shy than, um, uh, than on The Morning Show. More where, nudity. Where very but very soft-focused. Like, yes, but, then, but, but similar approach, right? Yep. Yeah, perhaps. Speaking of which, maybe that's a good segue into, into The Morning Show's John Hamm uh, being a big part of this season of Fargo. How many Fargo's did you watch? I think I watched all the available Fargo. There were only two, right? Yeah, yeah, there's only two. I yeah, I watched all oh. of the available Fargo, and I'm I am <laughs> I'm not upset about it. No, nor am I. I mean, like, uh, I shouldn't be surprised that it's good because it's basically uh, it's got all the elements of Fargo. It's got a ton of wacky characters, a lot of violence, yep. some goofy accent work. You yep. know, like. It's 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 playing the hits, but it's playing it really well. You know what I mean. Juno Temple is undefeated, man. <laughs> Seriously, um, I I didn't even realize how perfect she was for Fargo until she started working that Minnesota accent. Yeah, she might be overdoing it just a tad. <laughs> See, I think that's the that's the Minnesota resident in you talking. Yes, yes I don't think I anybody. Who doesn't live in Minnesota or North Dakota is upset about Juno Temple's accent. <laughs> uh, I like that Jennifer Jason Lee isn't really attempting it as well. Um, no, I would she's... say I would say Juno's husband's doing the best accent work of the of the group. Yeah, I would not be surprised if he's a native of of the uh, the the state of Ten Thousand Lakes. Um, he's. Everything about him. It's not just the accent. His entire aura, he is straight out of the film Fargo and also any rural Minnesota town. Did you catch the reference to the film? Uh, which part? The nihilist part? No, that would be a reference to the Big Lebowski, if anything. Oh, to Lebowski, you're right. Yeah, it's correct. I don't know what I'm but that was Sorry. funny. I'm a nihilist. Yeah. Um, no. When they showed up at the car dealership, when the police showed up at the car dealership, as they were walking into the husband's office, there was an announcement over the loudspeaker about like a uh, great deal on Truecoat. Oh, no, I didn't hear that. That's great. <laughs> 
And it, and it like used one of the lines that William H Macy uses in the movie about like it's a it's a great deal or whatever like you can't beat the steel sort of thing. Um, it was I th- that tickled me to no end. But just in general, like you said, it's everything we've come to expect from Fargo. Uh, these first two episodes were fully Noah Hawleyized. I don't yes. think that's been the case of every episode in the series. So we'll see if the whole season is you know the only name written, directed, and produced is Noah Hawley. Because I do think, you know, he's the guy. Um, so it's not to say that the whole season won't be spectacular. I have very high hopes, and I have no reason to change those hopes after two episodes. But um, I do think it deliberately starts with a bang with Noah Hawley doing everything. And you can tell, like, he just... This series is him. He gets it. He knows exactly what he's doing. Every every piece on this massive game board feels like it's moving in exactly the right way. Like it just yes. seems excellent. Can't wait to see the the quirks. You know what I mean. And you've got I love the like the three different types of lawmen between yes. uh, <laughs> between John Am and Lamorne Morris, and then you've got the kind of middle aged uh, female cop character that is uh, you know very Frances McDormand and sort of yeah. been featured a lot throughout this series. You know, yeah. Um, and did you recognize yeah, her? I think that's all going to be fun. No, she's the hot cousin from Never Have I Ever. Oh, that's. <laughs> Good for her. Good for her. And yeah, really. Like, and her accent look, is also great. Doesn't look very Minnesotan. That was that was my first thought. It was like, doesn't look very Minnesotan. But, no, um, but she she knocked the, the accent out. Really yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just in general, everybody's doing the thing. Like like this series has is like stylistically established enough that like there's a comfort to the bigness of the acting. And I feel like everybody really um, get got the assignment for this. Yeah, 100%. Every, everyone, you know, that's the nice thing about season five is I think everyone kind of knows exactly what uh, milieu they're working into, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, talk about high hopes. Like, Jennifer Jason Lee's whole thing is is really... Like, her as, like, one of the heavies is something I'm very excited about. Yeah, and I think pairing her with Dave Foley is also great. Oh, Dave Foley. Dave Foley doing tremendous work here in his uh, yeah. in his uh, his white-haired phase. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm into it. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see more and where it's going. Um, all right, what else did we watch? <laughs> well, um, I, I'm, I'm going to save the most interesting thing for last. So um, last week when you told me you had watched murder at the end of the world accidentally instead of the curse. And so we were delaying it, both of those uh, for a week. Yeah. Um, you used the phrase, I have thoughts on Brit Marling and I had not yet watched, but after watching, I, I have to ask, are you sure your thoughts are about Brit Marling or are they about? They're not. No, that's not who I had thoughts about. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's scratch that line of inquiry then. Um, because I figured what you meant was you had thoughts on the lead actress. And um, I'm curious what they are. Well, I'll tell you one thought. Um, 
can you think back to when we watched The Crown uh, not so long ago on this show? I can, I, I mean, I can think back to being forced to spend yes. a couple hours of my life mired in the miserable nonsense of the Royals, but I cannot picture any single second of it. Okay, so I'm going to guess that you had no conception that the uh, the the lead of this show was Princess Diana on the crown. Oh, no, I certainly did not. I am literally watching the new season of The Crown, in which she is also in and playing Princess Diana right now. And it did not occur to me. <laughs> so I looked it up like, oh, yeah, I know that name. Oh, yeah, she's Princess Diana. Like, so props to her. Uh, for that transformation. Um, I do think she's very good. Yeah. I don't, that said, I'm not loving the character. <laughs> and that's, that's a little bit of a tough, of a tough plot in a show like this, because a lot of it is built around her. Yeah. So, Why? Um, I, I, I wouldn't say it's the performance. It's just the whole, like, I don't know, her, the whole, Gen Z Sherlock Holmes vibe of it all. Right. Um, which they, you know, I am not, uh, that's not my words. That comes literally from the show. You know what I mean? No, I mean, um, that's, that's clearly the vibe. Yeah. You know, this person raised on the podcasting and right. daughter of a coroner. And, right. I mean, it's um, like if only murders in the building was serious. Yeah. Yeah. Like basically that's kind of what it is. And yeah. Also, you know, like, this isn't all that different from the last Knives Out movie. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right. You know, now we're we're basically playing Clue in the, uh, you know, weird billionaire's house again. <laughs> you know, sort of. It's really sort of funny. Setup, it seems like where we're going here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, my review of this show is more or less everything you just said, but in a more positive tone of voice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, it's a Gen Z Sherlock Holmes, and we're playing Clue in a billionaire's house. It's, it's pretty fun. It's a good time. I, like, I'm here for the mystery. I, is it great or, like... Like, how invested are you in her romance with Bill, which obviously is... It seems to be a big part of the engine for the rest of the story, right? No, I don't. I, I don't think it is. Other than just like as a fact, it's an engine, but I don't think it depends on like a spectacularly explosive romance, right? I think it's. I just don't know, like, man. There's a lot of flashbacks to when they were still together and like why she cares so much. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking at those flashbacks as like mystery clues, not romantic scenes so much i mean i guess there are romantic scenes but like to me there there's a mystery in the past that they're solving and then there's this current mystery that she's trying to solve that may or may not be related um, yeah i mean there's a mystery in the past for sure but i think they want you to know why she cares so much about bill you know yeah I mean? sure and i i guess i'm just saying like that's almost neither here nor there to me in terms of the mystery aspect of the show which does seem to be the primary thing like yeah there's a love story on the side and like maybe bill also had a, another thing going on with the other lady and who knows and there's some mystery like i don't know i i'm 
I'm interested to solve the mystery, I guess. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you got to you got to get into this show. It's this great new thing we've never seen before. No, it's it's exactly what you described. It's a Gen Z podcast sleuth and who who wrote one like moderately successful if that book and uh it's a billionaire a, a potentially nefarious billionaire's house where someone dies and uh well, a lot guess, of other you know wealthy titans of industry mostly wealthy titans of industry or if not there, titans right? of industry like people of interest right yeah uh, yeah right. it's a it's very knives outish um so yeah i'm i'm kind of here for that okay <laughs> i'm less i'm less invested in it for sure um you know, right now there's not a lot of things, so I may wind up watching some more of this. But if if we were at a time where there were a lot of things, I almost definitely would not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not even sure I disagree. But the fact is, like, there's not a lot of things. Um, and this was more interesting to me than, you know, some of the other crap we've watched. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to put it right there with some of the other crap we've watched <laughs> and leave it there. So it, it sounds like you've got some takes about Rustin. Um, I don't know that I... Well, here's what I would say. Um, I really liked it. I, I, think that, I think Rustin, as a movie, was about as good as like a straight ahead biopic of a lesser known historical figure can be. I thought Coleman Domingo was as expected dynamic and just, a, he's an incredible screen presence, man. You can't take your eyes off the guy. And, and usually it comes with this booming deep voice, but he was kind of doing a Rustin voice that I thought was just as effective as his booming deep voice. I think he's just as good an actor as is alive right now. Um, mm. And I, I thought it was a story that, uh, although I, you know, I, I knew the, the littlest bit about this person. I didn't know much and I learned a lot about him. And I think most of it is fairly true to the real story. And I thought it was a good movie. I don't know that it goes beyond like straight ahead biopic, but as that, I really thought it was very good. I think everything you're saying is pretty much true. Certainly, I'd say I certainly get the Oscar buzz for Coleman Domingo that's been floating around the film. Um, it's a show showcase sort of showy performance. I found Rustin the person to be kind of annoying. <laughs> so um, I think that's uh, part of the story. Yeah, it's a, you know. But also, like, you know, part of the story is is the charisma, right? You know what I mean? And how certain people, like, you know, were deep were deeply valued being around him, or were envious of others who he gave his heart to, or you know what I mean? You're like, okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't know that I, I like. I I think the part to me that like the. I think he he could be deliberately annoying, and I think he was a forceful and gigantic personality. Was the feeling that I got? I and feel I, like if I was in the office with Rustin, and like you know, like there were a couple scenes I think where he comes down to like 
did drinks with the office, I'd be like, yes. oh, shit, this guy showed up. <laughs> yeah, but I know you've worked with <laughs> guys like that. I talking to the quarter about him. <laughs> but I know you've worked with guys like that that most people love and certainly are capable of inspiring people. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, and, like, you're, like, fair. enough already, and I'm probably in yeah. the corner with you talking about them, but that doesn't yeah. mean this isn't what what they can do. So what you're saying is it's uh, it's <laughs> Rustin's a morning show diva is what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, if yes, if he was also excellent at his job, right? Right. Well, that's what morning show divas usually are. Exactly. <laughs> They're And they've got thousands upon thousands of people married to turning their station on at the same time every morning because of something. Yeah. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean you want to be around them all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, so, yeah, I mean, I think that that to me was sort of the story of him as a personality. And, and I think that was really well conveyed. And I thought everybody was good here. Jeffrey Wright was doing his thing. Uh, Chris Rock was really good in his role. I yeah, I just watching those councils get together, you know, was was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. And little, I think you get a little Glenn Turman being, you know, stately oh, Glenn Turman. He's so good. All that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they um, did. Uh, they did utilize much of the cast of uh, Fargo season four. Um, for, <laughs> just like they did for this film, but but no, really. I mean, I just thought like it's not. I, I guess like a straight ahead biopic of a civil rights figure is not the sexiest sell, but it it really is just a good movie. Um. Yeah, and the kind that you know you don't get to see in movie theaters a whole lot anymore. So, no, and honestly, a person that, like, if if there was any justice in the world, like, we would all know this story from learning about it in school, because this is an important historical figure that yeah. was basically written out of the story of American history. And sadly, we're going the other direction on that front as well, yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, well, it depends on, good, it good depends thing, where you are, I suppose. Good movies. So. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> We get to homework. Yeah, so watch that show so the world is less depressing. The, the, watch that movie and and like learn something. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, we're gonna we're gonna get into the history of of one David Beckham and talk about this uh, uh, Netflix documentary that's had uh, a decent amount of buzz. Directed by Fisher Stevens, you mentioned, right? Yeah, Fisher Stevens, uh, one of one of the great that guys in film history. Um. Uh, yeah. Succession anyone, cast member as well. Yeah. Yeah. Recently in Succession, but anyone who like has watched a good amount of movies between, you know, with release dates between 1975 and 2020, you'll be like, "Oh, that guy!" If you don't know the name, yeah. Fisher Stevens. Yes. Yeah. Lots, um, lots of 80s movies. Lots of 80s movies, but really just like consistently working all the time. Uh, one of Chicago's finest. Shout out Fisher Stevens. But uh, has become a documentary director in his later career. Won a uh, Oscar for The Cove. Um, oh, okay. Cool. And directed this uh, Beckham documentary that has gotten a ton of positive response. So. Um, yeah, and certainly that's a man who's led and continues to lead an interesting life. So, oh yeah, man, um, and seriously, like his, I'm I'm just on his Wikipedia now, and his filmography is just like 
between one and four films a year every year oh, since 1983. Not Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens too. Also leading an interesting life. Oh, um, Beckham, very interesting life, and and I think it's easy to forget now because he's just been the the sort of complete David Beckham for so long. But like a guy who had a tremendously difficult young life, and also his early time in the spotlight was marred by like horrific public and media behavior towards him. So, um, an interesting story for sure. Uh, absolutely. And then, uh, we're going to watch, uh, please don't destroy the treasure of foggy mountain. Please don't destroy, uh, a sketch comedy group. Uh, they, they're regulars on SNL. Now these days, I believe they make video shorts. Um, and Lord Michaels gave them a movie and I have no idea if this movie is good or not. And we're going to find out together. Yeah, and I don't, uh, I don't know anything about this group because I don't watch Saturday Night Live. So uh, I'm, I'm sort of coming to it fresh. We'll see what happens. All right, uh, that's on Peacock, and uh, that is your homework for next week, along with another new challenge. Of course, more challenge, and hopefully, we'll know what this goddamn third bar in the draw is, and see some more chaos. <laughs> <laughs> more chaos more more chaos all the time all right bye enjoy time with the family bye. this game's in the admiral refrigerator the door is closed the lights out butter's getting hard the eggs are cooling and the jello is jiggling so long everybody and do me a favor have yourself a tremendous evening